This podcast is from heptagonclub.co.uk and paulcarenza.com. The Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Seven guests, seven corners. On this week's show. Who didn't watch The Hurt Locker and think there's a sitcom in that? How creepy is when an axe uh, irons their shirt backstage? Oh, yeah, yeah. They do it topless. <laughs> and when we wow. addressed her, we had to say Miss Ross. And your host, Mr. Paul Carenza. Welcome, podcast listeners. Thank you for joining us. Hello, Heptagon Clubbers. Uh, well, Clubbers sounds a little bit... It's not that sort of club. And if it's your first time listening, you are particularly welcome. We are back sooner than planned after a little break. Uh, we've had seven episodes. We've had a little uh, gap between the series, because as you can imagine, it takes a while to edit these things, put them together. But uh, we're back because we do have a live show coming up. I will tell you some of the guests later in the episode, but we're very excited. It's a range of comedians, entertainers, writers, and all-round brilliant eggs, just the sort of people we normally have on this podcast. It's Sunday 23rd of April, uh, London Marathon Day, in fact, and we will be in London, but in North London. It's at the Bill Murray Pub, fantastic venue. It's home of the Angel Comedy Club. It's London N1, 810Q if you need to find it. It's only £5 for a ticket, and that is two for one, so you can bring a friend. And indeed, that also gets you another live podcast thrown in. That's the Cheap Show podcast, fantastic show. They've got a fab guest as well. It's uh, angelcomedy.co.uk slash events slash live hyphen podcast hyphen night. It's also in the episode description of this episode. So we had to come back with a mini-sode to mention this to you, to try and lure you down to the live show. So this is that mini-sode. I don't know if it's a mini-sode. I think it's a bit bigger than that. Well, it's bigger than a mini-sode. It's a demi-sode. It's, um, well, it's next up from a mini-skirt, whatever that is. Knee-length. It's a knee-length episode. But as rules dictate, we have seven guests. We have to have that. So we're just going to have a snatchlet of each and then more from each of our fab guests uh, from this episode in the next full series of episodes, if that makes sense. So this is just a little stopgap uh, to say hello to you. So, Carl Donnelly. Hello. Welcome to the Heptagon Club. This is a seven-sided venue, as you can see. Yeah. Um, seven. So, A, please come to our live show. That would be fantastic. Book tickets now. Angelcomedy.co.uk. In fact, you can pause this now, go and buy and come back. That would be great. So... Great, hope you just got them. Uh, B, you can tell people, of course. In fact, if you could tweet the ticket link from this episode description, copy-paste, if you hashtag HeptClubLive, H-E-P-T, Club Live, then one lucky winner who does that will receive some things. Uh, we'll have a bundle of comedy books and DVDs, and I will package up at least one of mine if you want it, and uh, some others if you don't. Um, and you could specify which you want, in particular if, you, if you've read any of mine already, whatever. Um, I've got a couple of new ones out this year. You could wait and have one of those if you want. But anyway, if you want to win this big bundle of stuff, tweet the ticket link for the live podcast on April 23rd with the hashtag HeptClubLive. Tell your friends, and you could win things. But you are, you know, you are an award-winning comedian, which is very rare to find nowadays. So well uh, done to you. Is it rare to find? Aren't there uh, more rewards? Well, you're probably right. I say that. Yeah. I was trying to flatter you, but yeah. actually, you know, let's be honest. First up, well, we um, have the 2017 UK Club Comic of the Year winner at the Chortle Awards. He's an Edinburgh Festival smash hit and a champion podcaster in his own right. This is Carl Donnelly. We haven't gigged together for a long time. Uh, it has been. I reckon it's six years. It must be. I don't must be, be. A, and a conservative guess. Yeah. Your hair has changed considerably. Yeah. Yeah. 
probably yeah, it's gone. It has, yeah, it's yeah. Actually, it's you know, I was thinking. Actually, please take this nicely. No, but I, when we used to geek together, I used to think that your stage character and all that was sort of quite potentially on the geeky side a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And then now you are the coolest on the circuit. I would say, oh, you know, I, I don't know. You've got to, you 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 wear it, you know, very <laughs> coolly you. nowadays. But that's the thing. I think I always. Um, yeah, I didn't think I looked like a, a nerd when I right, looked like a right. nerd. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had big hair and like yeah. big glasses. But I think in my head, I thought I looked like some cool guy from the seventies. Oh, definitely. But I actually just looked like went. a nerd from the seventies. Right. Okay. Yeah. Or a yeah. nerd from now. Who? That's the whole thing, isn't it? A lot of not nerds sounds like an criticism, but what I mean, well, it's, it's like, a good, it's like the hipster. It is. It's good to look. be. It's the age of the geek now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that geek look, I yeah. think it's just yeah. I thought I looked like that, but actually, I, I was doing it at a time. That predated the hipster oh, right. revolution. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was just right. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I was wondering if it's like you seem to be like a reverse uh, Samson. That you're, you know, where <laughs> with the, the hair change came, uh, did there come a, a change in style on the stage as no. well? Was it sort of, I thought it's that thing. I've, I think I, I always change how I, I've always changed how I look regularly. Like right. Every six months, I get bored of every item of clothing right. that I own, and I'll just sort of go out and buy something else. And it's not, it's not a comedy related thing. This was pre comedy. Like yeah. I would go through phases where I'd wear just crazy shirts, and so I think it's just. Uh, it's probably yeah, it's a psychological. Thing. Right, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's probably based in some low self-esteem. Nice. Well, that's something deep down somewhere. But yeah, this. Uh, yeah. So there was, there's, there's never been a conscious thought of right. Like, I wonder, should I dress like this to look like that on stage? Yeah. It's always how I want to dress during the day, and that's just how. Nice. And then you turn up. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. never like. Ch- I'm not one of these comics who gets changed in a dressing room. Right. Like, I, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. And then you're on, and it's like the top. Know, the, somebody wants yeah. a really funny tweet about. Um, how creepy it is when an act uh, irons their shirt backstage and just, oh, yeah, like, yeah. they do it topless. It's always slightly more awkward as well when there's a mixed uh, mixed bill. You know, like, and it's oh, never a young sort of whippersnapper no, of a comic. Not, it's always a middle-aged, yeah. you know, circuit stalwart. Totally. Doing this like it's totally normal. <laughs> and often the dressing room's within sight of the audience and you think they can see. It's No, it's not yeah, nice it's for just, anybody. I don't... And also, what? why couldn't they have ironed that before they left the house? Yeah, right, yeah. There we go. I've seen a few do that iron the handkerchief as well. What? Which then goes into the pocket really? and does not appear for the entire... Unnecessary. It's a little bit of a... If I see someone with a pocket square, mm. I'm always thinking I'm, I'm impressed they're wearing a pocket square. Right. I've never looked at a pocket square and gone, you could have run an iron. I know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes, they're they very rarely creased, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. those and often there's different styles of it. There's one, yeah. a very scrunched up style, is actually yeah. a type of pocket square style oh right yeah. so there's not just like the little that's bit true. sticking out yeah there's a yeah there's one that's like a sort of flower there's yeah. one that is just properly scrunched yeah that's actually I've forgotten the name of it but yeah they've all oh, got different yeah. names there's nice little origami yeah versions of this yeah quite often if I'm in a restaurant carrying some drinks back from the bar or something and you've got your cutlery in there as well yeah. it's tempting to leave that in all day as, as a look yeah just you know. fork be, yeah. Like, <laughs> be that comic yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, more from Carl and Nod because we're going to keep the pace moving today I'm only here to lure you down as you know to Peptigan Club live Sunday 23rd at the Bill Murray pub fantastic name angelcomedy.co.uk for tickets now our guests will include uh, comedian Rob Thomas will be doing five minutes of uber topical jokes uh, I don't mean jokes about trendy cab companies I mean it'll be on that day's news uh, for his very own podcast Rob Thomas's podcast is called the Bad Libel Podcast and you can listen to that that's him doing lots of very topical jokes uh, very very quickly so do listen to that we've got brilliant storyteller Becca Barron uh, we're probably looking at Marcel Lucon 
uh, or Alexis Dubas or whoever he turns up as. Such a fabulous act and a great guy. Hopefully he will be joining us. And I will tell you three more guests after the next one today here for you. Coming up, we've got writer and sitcom geek James Carey. Uh, but this is comedian turned political pundit. And you'll have seen him in the BBC Breakfast Sofa or the Sky News chair with that big picture of Big Ben in the background. This man is... Eric. Hello. Eric McElroy. Uh, <laughs> Welcome in there. Hey. Uh, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. I catch yeah. you pre-gig. Pre-gig, yeah. On my way to comedy, working. That's what you got to do. You've got to work, work, you know, work I'm you? at a stage yeah. in my life now where yeah. my wife looks at me and says, why aren't you working tonight? Versus, yeah, right. versus why aren't you staying home with me? It's it's a Friday. Okay. You should be working now. Yes, so. exactly. So, now, did you start gigging in this fine country, or did you start yeah, gigging I, in your own fine country? I did. I started gigging in this fine country, and uh, uh, I think my second ever gig, I met you. Was it? Oh, was that? Sec- oh, really? No, yeah. second, fourth. No, I don't know. One of the okay, early right, ones we met, right. very, very yes, early on. Um, and uh, but no, yeah, it's, uh, mm. I, I done. I did do drama degree. <clears throat> okay. You know, back in the states, I did yeah. study, but then I got, had a proper job, and then I just I started doing stand up here. I see. So left the proper job to it. Yeah. Said, Thank you. Well, eventually. Thanks yeah. for moving moving us over here. Yeah, and yeah. So allowed me to become an immigrant. Excellent. And, welcome, uh, yeah. welcome. Well, thank you. Well, you're well, thank here you. now. You're here. I'm for here now. Yeah. Yep. And I've got a passport, so Brexit is pointless. Exactly. Get rid enough. of me. And what's speaking of Brexit? So you you lately. Particularly, I don't know when they started for you. Uh, you've been a more of a commentator and a pundit, and uh, moving into a bit of. Yeah. Uh, I see you. I see you doing things, oh, talking uh, about things. doing things. Yeah, um, I started doing. I kind of found my way. I, I was always interested in politics, but not really talking about it a lot in my stand-up. And I just started to really dive into that uh, full throttle about four years ago, and um, the the first show. Uh, yeah, so I started going in that direction. I did a show about the uh, Scottish referendum in Scotland. Right. About a month before the referendum. Okay. That had mixed yeah. successes. And you're a, um, you're a Mac as well. I'm a Mac. Yeah, I did have a Scottish connection. So we, okay. that, we hyped that up in the of press Of course release. he did. Really strong Scottish heritage. Yes. Um, a few hundred years back. Yeah. And, um, and I turn up and try and pick up on the yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, sure. no, I can't. Yeah, right. but, um, and then, but then the last two years, I really pushed on talking about U.S. elections because I knew, I was, you know, again, interested in it, but I also knew that it was going to come to kind of a head with uh, the November election. Didn't realize it was going to be quite the election that yeah. it was. And but sort of with a plan that, you know, that would be, maybe I would get that call, that people would want to hear a funny-ish perspective on uh, U.S. politics here. Yeah. And it, it, it's worked to an extent. And, you know, again, unfortunately, Trump has helped with that. I mean, yes. his, his election was, because I wasn't going to do politics again this Edinburgh. Mm. I was going to maybe, or just, I was trying to figure out what to do next, because I thought, nobody's going to care. Hillary's going to win, and I'll need to talk about something else. But then he won, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this again. So Trump's gain is your gain? His gain is, it's, yeah, yeah. it's why I voted it's for him. Our loss is your, okay. No, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't. But, um, but yeah. so, it, I mean, it's made, kept people engaged mm. in, in it, you know, for often the wrong reasons. But it made, it's, I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, it's just, the number of times my jaw has dropped. Mm. Do you have a, um, uh, a crystal ball, then, uh, What's prediction well, no, because I didn't think this? I didn't think that Brexit would happen. I didn't think that Trump would happen. Do you I think Trump will last a full term? I, I that I find it would be amazing if he did. I mean, it would be exhausting. He's only been seventy days, and already uh-huh. we are, you know, he has reached levels of unpopularity. I just saw a tweet about this that um, that Obama never reached, and Obama was not popular with a big group of Americans. Um, that took George W. Bush two thousand days to achieve. George W. Bush it was popular. Mm. Reagan hit this level of unpopularity once in eight years, and he's done it in seventy days. So he said he was going to win something. Well, that's something. So yeah, it's, it's an achievement. It's an achievement yeah. of a sort. But um, so we, and with the actual proper scandals and slash, 
a lot of times in American politics in particular, it's not what they do, it's covering it up. That's what got Clinton in trouble. The whole mon uh, Monica Lewinsky scandal was about him lying about what his encounters. Yeah. If he had said from the beginning, yes, I fooled around, then there would have never been an impeachment. It's because he lied about the affair. That was the problem. So right now we're seeing that with the whole Russian thing. So if somebody starts lying close to Trump or Trump himself, then that's where we could really see him okay. go. Yes. But his base is with him. And as long as that base is with him, that's all he needs to stay. James Carey, welcome to the Hepdigan Club. Thank you very much. Seven-sided venue with six other guests like uh, that one there. and Amazing. Whoever that one's going to be. Definitely. I'm so excited very about that excited. one. So you are a writer. I am. And that's a great thing because you are not a comedian slash writer, a writer slash performer, but a, a solid gold writer. I am a writer. I'm not really a performer. I do perform. I have performed. I don't mind performing. It's just one of the things that I've learned through writing comedy in particular is that almost everyone's better at it than me, especially actors. When you get a really good comedy actor and they come in and they'll they'll just do it really well. Some of them are really good, aren't they? You get Some them are good. And you go, oh yeah, this is good. And they just That's pick funny. it up and get it all first time and find you bits yeah. that weren't there before. That's always my equation on a decent comedy actor. So any, any actor, comedy actor usually, there'll just be some lines that they just don't get. They don't time it and you maybe try and direct it, but it just dies. Mm. The joke dies, you know. So they'll maybe kill three of your jokes. Mm. But then a good comedy actor will find you six jokes that weren't even there yeah. and people will assume were intentional on your part. Mm. So it's a net, a net gain. Yes. So a good comedy actor is a net gain for me. Yes. So. Yeah, it's, um, uh, and you've, I mean, well, of course, uh, you know, you are, uh, you are a great writer as well, let me just say as well. You're not just <laughs> so a there's writer. No, there's no you are indeed. I gave you a cup of tea and it seems to it's a great, it's, It has, it has, <laughs> definitely. No, but the fact that you, you've worked on, uh, you work, you write for other people. I do. And you write your own things. I do well, write my own And things. they are funny and they have made people laugh up and down this nation. Yes. For uh, the last decade or two, let's not think too long, Hans. No, let's, let's not. Um, do you? So you've done Bluestone Four Two, yeah, not Forty Two. Correct. Well done. Bluestone I can tell 4-2. you actually know the show. There you go. Yeah, I can always flush out the time wasters. You say 4-2. absolutely. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> those people get the number wrong as well. Absolutely. Bluestone Fourteen. Yes, right. So that was like the bomb disposal sitcom. That was the the obvious bomb disposal sitcom absolutely. that was simply waiting to be. <laughs> I mean, who didn't watch the Hurt Locker and think? There's a sitcom in there. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Very, very, very little humor. Very few, very little in the way of jokes. No. And yeah. that's, you know, and that's one of the reasons why we write the show is because yeah. we just thought that's, you know, that doesn't reflect the experience of yes. British soldiers, at least. It's just all jokes. Yeah. That's all they're interested in is, is gags. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, it was, the humour in there is very much army, it feels very yeah. real, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like you did a studio audience wacky version of of an army thing there no it? exactly we did talk to quite a lot of soldiers and uh, in the end we tried to reflect their way of talking as much as we could um, uh, in, which also involves an awful lot of swearing mm. um, which obviously makes it quite tricky if um, A lots of your friends go to church um, which they do in my case and B if your parents paid for an expensive education for you, right. which mine did. Yes. So at one point, I think they might have been questioning we didn't spend all that money mm-hmm. so you could use language like that. To which I would say, I don't talk like that. No. That's how soldiers talk. It's my job to tell the truth. That's how... And and then some, by, by I would expect. I expect they talk like that and then... Oh, yeah. Actually... We, we, we didn't have anywhere near as much swearing in the mm. show as they swear. They just swear all <laughs> the time. Yeah. 
to, they don't notice it. Yes. They just put they just put f words in absolutely everything. It's a bit like the comedy circuit. It's yeah. uh, you know it's the the f count suddenly goes up considerably. Yeah. In Although actually, violence. our military advisor felt quite at home because he said that um, on the set of the show he hadn't heard swearing anywhere as much than the army as he did on the set of our show. Oh really? It's just people off camera swearing <laughs> all the time. He was uh, yes. He was he was quite surprised. Was clearly getting into the mode. Of it, absolutely. Yeah. 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 The Heptagon Club. Seven guests, seven corners. The Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. James Carey has a fantastic podcast called The Sitcom Geeks Podcast with Dave Cohen as well. That is uh, well worth a listen if you are a sitcom geek fan, particularly if you're a sitcom writer. It's essential listening. Eric McElroy as well. Uh, more from him as well coming up. Uh, we will have them in future episodes, uh, which will indeed include our live one. So if you can't make it to the live one, we will record it, ping it out to you. But how much better to be there? Only a fiver, and that's for two tickets. Sunday, 23rd of April, angelcomedy.co.uk for details. And tweet the ticket link to win a bundle of DVDs and books and stuff. Hello, Robot Butler here. Just with news of other future guests we're urging for for the live show. We're hopefully welcoming top comedian Robin Ince, and the amazing Tony Law, and broadcaster and physicist Dr. Helen Sersky. A regular guest in series one of this podcast, that's QI elf Stephen Colgan. He'll be bringing us some live historical trivia. Speaking of which, uh, stand-up archaeologist Paul Duncan McGarity. What a dude, and a fascinating angle, the only one of his kind. And also speaking of the only one of his kind, how about Britain's only orthodox Jewish comedian? Uh, top comedy producer Ashley Blaker. All hopefully at the live show, and soon on this podcast. More details on our Facebook group. Sunday 23rd of April, you know the details. Uh, do tweet the link, win things. Now speaking of radio producers, uh, as indeed Ashley Blaker is a fabulous one, uh, here is another a radio producer and presenter. She's on Premier Radio and has had a glittering career across all sorts of media, including being a backing singer for, well, I'll let her tell you this is the amazing Loretta Andrews. My first ever gig at, I think, 18 years old, uh, my first professional gig, was uh, doing backing vocals for Sting and All Saints. Do you remember All Saints? No, yeah, right, right, yeah, right, of course I remember All Saints, absolutely. They a few this... questions that I need to know. That's like, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they did, um, it was one of the early Brit Awards. I won't even oh, name okay. the year because then you'll know how old I actually am. No, no need, um, <laughs> no need. <laughs> By saying All Saints kind of yeah. gives it away. Well, there's clues, yeah. there's clues. But, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, we were doing backing vocals for yeah. them. And so it was at, I think that year, it was at Alexandra Palace. Okay. So quite a, Big gig for my first yeah, ever one. Yeah. Um, very young, very nervous, but it was an amazing, amazing experience. Yes. Um, the one with Diana Ross was on a TV show. We often used to do backing vocals for artists on shows, and it was um, on a chat show. Mm. Um, and yeah, I remember it because we our dressing room was next to hers, and she asked for us all to be moved. We weren't allowed to um, make any noise at all. And when we wow. addressed her, we had to say Miss Ross. We weren't allowed to say Diana. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you'd have thought, I mean, obviously, as, as the TV viewer, you're watching it going, oh, they're all, you know, they're all being in the bar afterwards or they're all, yeah. ch all chummy well, and they go around together. Well, because some of the artists that you thought would be very diva-ish mm. um, just weren't. So, for example, when um, my own band with my twin 
we um, supported Take That on uh, their Beautiful World Tour. So it was when they reformed. Uh, yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. Um, so there were four, uh, four, four of them? them? Four of them, yes. And there were four. And there were four. Um, but they yeah. were brilliant. I mean, my sister used to vocal coach Jason, so she already uh, had okay. a relationship there. But they would hang out with us. Mm. We would go out with them. That was really relaxed. Great. And obviously, that was second time round for them. They kind of knew yeah. the fame game. I kind of did let Diana off the hook, though. Miss Ross. I Miss mean. Ross, of course. She's not um, here, don't worry. She yeah, is yeah. a complete legend, you know. Of course. My, my parents were fans of her. Yeah. So if you're a fan of Soul, you've got to be a fan of her. So yes. kind of let... She's a, I'd probably be disappointed if she wasn't a Well, you, you need a bit of that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. if, if, if she was down the bingo hall and, come on, everybody, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't quite... That's not Diana Ross, is no, it? Exactly. That's a tribute act, isn't it? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's Ross Diana, that is, you know, yeah. <laughs> We've got a few more guests to fit into this mini-sode, uh, which, as I've made painfully clear, is actually just here to urge you down to our live show of Stand Up and Tales. Uh, basically, there's another podcast being recorded the same night, the Cheap Show podcast, and they might get all of their listeners to come and get all the seats. So I want you, dear listener, if you're within reach of London, uh, to get the tickets for Sunday 23rd of April. Only a fiver, two podcasts, two for one, all that stuff. It's only £1.25 per person per show. We've underpriced it, let's be honest. Anyway, right here, right now, it's Israeli comic, translator and journalist extraordinaire, Daphna Barham. translating the book, I'm nice. running around, and uh, yeah. What are you translating? Oh, crime novels. Oh, brilliant. Very exciting. A guy called Robert Grinzam. Okay. He's got this uh, detective. I like her a lot because she's a bit like me. She's an immigrant. Right. Yeah, I love that job. It's a great... Yeah. I think generally my thing is um, negotiating knowledge in a way right. so I enjoy editing uh, I enjoy translating yes. there's always some kind of um, uh, cultural black spot that you don't see yeah. so sometimes they have some phrase and sometimes people are like oh wow this is brilliant it's unbelievable that somebody who's a second language and sometimes I completely mess it up because I just right. I just didn't get something about it yeah, yeah the little nuances and yeah stuff. or yeah. I think it sounds really ooh and actually people are like yeah, yeah whatever so when, so when did you come over from Israel then? 2002. Okay. I came to do a fellowship in Oxford. I was a um, news editor in a newspaper in Jerusalem, and right. deputy editor-in-chief of that newspaper, and it was a really tough time to do that job uh, in Jerusalem. I mean, it was everything was exploding, and it was a suicide bombing right. time, and it was, uh, you know, a lot of Israeli bombings in the West Bank, a lot of racism in the streets, but also mainly the experience of getting up every morning, getting on public transport, and not knowing if you'll come course, back. Course, it was yeah. a weird experience. Um, Let alone the job itself, which is, of course, then... And the job itself is quite gory. Tackle, topical. You basically feel like you're personally, you know, <laughs> scraping bits of bodies from trees. Right. Which is more like... Um, but mainly it's running a team of correspondents, um, like about 15 of them. Uh, all very young. Right. Most of them very young. Very good. They were very good. But it's like, you know, you, you had to send them to bombing sites and then to people's families and to funerals and to the police and to the, the occupied territories and to... Yeah, wow. So it was... Um, yeah, I feel like I was way more of a grown-up back then, like 15 right. years well, ago. That is, than I am now, yeah, that's is about weird. as far from comedy as you can get, isn't it, really? Yeah. And then it was before that, it was human rights lawyer. I was representing Palestinians in Palestinians in military court. I kind of started up as a... As, you know, sometimes I say, I guess... 
proper person back <laughs> yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. You started just, with the big jobs. Yeah, it was going to be. It was going to be. It was a big hope. And, and that was the playground. And that was the playground. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that was. Um, yeah. Like so, I came here. I remember that feeling. My first day in Oxford, I went on a bus, and I was sitting on the bus, and I was just looking around me. I mean, you, you, you got on a bus in Jerusalem in that, those days. People were praying on the bus. They were sitting on the bus, and they were just saying their prayers. Wow. I wasn't because I'm in Italy, so it was just like. Hoping the dirt prayers would work. right. Okay, they'll do it yeah. half. Yeah. I didn't want to approach God directly. I thought, right. um, so and very good girl. People just, you know, get on the bus, don't talk to each other, never look each other in the eye. This is best policy, but in a friendly way. And nobody's going. Who's that guy? Why has he got a jacket? What are these strings coming out of there? Are they strings? Is it not too warm to wear a jacket anyway? What's going on? Let me just get off this bus now. Yeah. Which is what, what people. It was like that. And if you know, walk into a theatre. Or to Marks and Spencer's or whatever, and nobody would. I would go with my bag, you know, at the front of me, so that people could check it, and nobody was yeah. checking it. And I was, um, I was doing what a lot of people who come from war zones do. I was planning bombings in the way that I was walking into thinking, I was like, oh, this should be just easy. I mean, anybody could just do. I wasn't going to bomb anywhere, but I was just thinking, hmm, this would be pretty simple. Okay, so you're thinking in your head. I'm not going to be if I were to. Uh, well, if I was, place. like this. Is, yeah, okay. And then 2005 happened, the 7-7 bombing. And I was right. like... And so you were here then? I was right. here. I was actually, I was living in London by then. Right. Uh, I was living in Hackney. And my mum called me. And it was weird. Because suddenly the calls started coming in the other direction. People from Israel are calling me to ask if I was okay. And my mum accusing me of turning myself into an easy prey. She always does that. She's like, did it happen in your neighborhood? And I, I went, no, no, this is no one near my neighborhood. Yeah. She's like, you're a liar. I saw that was bus number 30. This goes to your neighborhood. It said, how can you wake on the top? And I was like, yeah, but it was going in the other direction. I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I left your house. Oh, no. So, yeah, it's a bit like so that. So she's been on Google, done a bit of research. She, and, uh, she knows. Yeah, her, yeah. But it's, it's just weird because I don't know what to worry about. If you've heard our previous seven episodes, A, thank you, and B, you will know that some of our favourite guests are just chums of mine mucking around. So, right here for your pleasure, John Sands and Owen Sims. Quick. Fire. I mean, quick fire. Naysayer, soothsayer, Leo-sayer. <laughs> Which two are you a combination of? <laughs> if you had a choice of being t- negative, predictive, prophetic... Or, uh, or, or 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 seventies singer. singer, then which which there was a singer. which there was which, a singer. which two most sums you up? There was a I singer called Leo Seventies singer. A little bit nay, a little bit sims. I know one Leo Sayer song. Right, so he's just like a happy little fellow. Was it Thunder in Your Heart? That's right. Yes, that's the only one. And then. But are you like that and a bit negative? Yeah, I'd want to yeah. say soothsayer, but I think that's I'd be amazing. Just, just, just say words. And I say soothsayer. Ah, the runes say it's going to rain tomorrow, but it's not really. So, um, I'm surprised Parkinson never had any of these <laughs> And that, good listener, makes seven guests. Seven more await you next time on the audio podcast, uh, which we may have one out before the live show, but probably more likely it will be uh, June, July that we are back for a fuller series. Uh, so I might get one more out in late April. We will see. Um, but I've got a funny feeling that the live podcast will be taking up much of our time in the foreseeable. I'm touring my new live show as well, mostly around London, uh, to be honest. It's called Navalless Gazing, and I'm touring it with Rob Thomas, who you 
can see at our live podcast. Uh, we'll do more info on that mini tour, our knee-length tour, uh, on future podcasts in the summer. But here are some dates for now. Tuesday 9th of May, we're at the Miller at Elephant and Castle. You can get tickets uh, if you look online at my uh, uh, Facebook page. Sunday 18th of June, we're at the Cav in Stockwell. And uh, on Thursday 20th of July, I'm at Guildford Fringe, just myself, and then I'm also at Camden Fringe. And then back with Rob at the Museum of Comedy in September. More details on those soon. If you want to come to the Miller, I would particularly recommend that one. Tuesday, 9th of May. That is on the soon side. So that is at the Elephant and Castle. But for right now, though, it's all about the live podcast show. Sunday, 23rd of April. You know the details. Tweet them. Win things. Buy tickets. See you there. Oh, and also, Eric McElroy, our political correspondent, does have a live show. He wants to mention two. So we've got a show the 27th of April um, uh, that'll be celebrating... Yeah, celebrating a uh, hundred days of Trump. Okay, right. Okay. Um, so we'll have some comics and do a bit of panel, and I've got a Republican coming down um, and uh, to try and dive in. So I'm trying to do some one-off shows like that to okay. try and, you know, just keep the conversation going. 27th of April, where's uh, that? It's at, uh, oh, it's, a, it's, it's what was the Invisible Dot. Which part of London is that? North London, King's Cross. King's Cross. Yeah, it'll King's be, I'll, I'll be tweeting about it and stuff. King's and, Cross, uh, and everything else so yeah brilliant well, thank you so there you have it thank you to our episode's guests and forgive our sporadic appearance this is a one-off but we'll be back for more regular shows soon enough do keep in touch I'm at Paul Carenza on Twitter you can find the Heptagon Club Facebook page we hope to see you on the 23rd of April if this is in the far future then apologies for the blatant plugging throughout of something that's actually been in the past if you're in the far reach of the capital and you're not able to make it hey anybody said to you today do help us out by rating us on your itunes love has made the world a better place telling your friends on social media positively beautiful in your blue about this audio collection of it words and we'll see you very soon for, me. for more words from different people you're the best thing that's happened